I really didn't used to be stylish at all. Uh, I used to be quite junky. When it looks simple, it looks the best, but to make it look simple is really tricky. <laughs> Longboarding has taught me is to just slow down. On a 20, you really need to let the wave do the talking. As soon as that rail engages, it's just gonna kind of do the work for you. Really just riding what board is matching whatever conditions are in front of you. Well, welcome to the Bases Podcast. We have Anthony Spencer here today. He's a surfer from Western Australia, and um, I'm super psyched to talk to him because I saw your film uh, Lemonade, and I was just so psyched on the variety of craft that you were riding in the variety of conditions. It was like you go from riding uh, a log in one-foot waves and like nose riding and ripping pretty impressive turns on it in these tiny waves to like sliding around on a sick little 20 i don't know five seven five six it was so much flow and then you go to jump on to riding like what looks like a mid-length compared to that 20 i don't know how long it was but you know and you were getting barreled on it so it's just like the entire spectrum of like surf craft and conditions and it just got me so psyched because I don't know. That just seems like the dream to be able to do it all, to be able to ride all these different craft. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to pick your brain and, and just learn more about you and, you know, your approach to surfing. And I'm sure my, you know, my community is going to be super psyched to, to learn about it as well. So first of all, just thanks for uh, joining Anthony. Thanks for having me. I, I can't wait. I've, I love what you're doing on your page. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's needed within the surf community. And I think everyone, everyone always needs a bit of a, a pointer here or it's always uh, beneficial to hear other people's stories and um, point of view too so thank you for doing what you're doing yeah cool and you know what I just want to also mention one because everybody has to definitely like watch this film I'll, I'll probably put it out in the newsletter and just like so everybody that's uh, part of the community gets it um, but one thing that just struck me so much was the the final part in it. It's like you and your friend just like sharing this wave. I think she's on a log, you're on like a longer board. And you guys are just looking like having so much fun, you know? And that's what I think surfing is about. There's just like some pure joy to it. The music was perfect. And I was like, dude, this is uh, this is what it's out. It just made me think of like me sharing a wave with one of my other friends the, the other day. And I was just like, you know, sun was out, perfect waves. It was It was great. But anyway. Um, so why don't we kind of start uh, from uh, the beginning? Like, how did you get into surfing? What What's the beginning of your story in, in this journey of yours? Yeah, so I guess I, I grew up in Perth, which is more, which is three hours north of where I am now. Um, there's a few little beach breaks around there, but nothing special. You only get it really good a few times a year. So my my dad got me into surfing, and I did all the surf club and lots of surfing lessons back then and I was always coming down south to where I am now in Margaret River pretty much every weekend um, just for fun and then I started to get into competitive surfing in the shortboarding side of things just in the juniors um, and then yeah I, I, I yeah, had heaps of fun doing that but um, I started to move away from the competition side of things just because of the I guess because of the energy I was getting and I wasn't, I was losing touch with, with my side of surfing. Um, so yeah, then it kind of, it progressed me and then I moved into longboarding and then that kind of brought back the love for me. Um, so yeah, that's, um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Cause when I think of WA, I think about the box, you know, I think about like super heavy waves. I think about, you know, just 
the you know grinding just shortboarding and all that you know less i don't i mean i, I don't really I'm sure there are tons of longboarders and all that over there, but that's not what pops to mind just because the, the typical wave I think about over there is going to be like a pretty heavy wave. Um, so that was one of the things that I thought was uh, really interesting. Um, and so you just, it sounds like you just got a little disenchanted with kind of the competition and it just didn't fit your, your vibe. Is, is that what it was or? Yeah, I was, it was just a lot of pressure back then. I wasn't, at the level that I should have been doing those sorts of competitions, a lot of the people down here, the Groms, they were surfing so well, you know, surfing such good waves every day. And I was in Perth, um, surfing every morning and afternoon before school, but in like one foot slot, you know, at my home break. And I always just dreamt, I was like, man, one day I'm going to move down there and I'm just going to surf in the best waves every day and really improve my surfing. Um, and yeah. I mean, what, I mean, I guess 20 years, 21 years later, I, I did it and now I'm down here and, um, it did do exactly that. It really, it really gave me that time to improve, um, surfing high quality waves every day. Um, but yeah, from yeah. that competition, I mean, I started the first time I longboarded, I actually did a longboard competition the, the day after I, I tried it for the first time. Um, my friend, my friend told me. <laughs> Um, Julian Wilson was a longboard champion and now he's like, obviously he was on tour and ripping and he's such a successful yeah. surfer. And I was like, man, like if Julian can do it, like, let's go. Like, I want to give it a go. I kind of, um, <laughs> drop that, drop that ego behind it as well. Getting to longboarding. Um, and it was a real small yeah. longboarding community back then. Um, there was only a few of us, all the, all of the divisions, you know, there was probably like under 10 in each division. Um, and then fortunately, like over the years, it's grown so much. And I think, I think the longboarding community here in WA is like, is really, is really strong, especially compared to the East coast of Australia, where it's always been really strong, but we're definitely catching up. So yeah, we're coming in hot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wait, so uh, that, I'm curious about that. So when you got in a longboarding, had you already been riding a shortboard for a long time or was it kind of both at the same time or what was that like? Yeah, I've been shortboarding for a long time. I would have been around 15 maybe um, when I first tried the mm -hmm. longboard and I was surfing since I was six. So I was, I was surfing and I was, I was doing a lot of it and I was pushing myself. Um, and then, yeah, the longboarding just kind of yeah it came through came through my friend and I just thought I'd try something new but I was still yeah. I was still shortboarding while I was longboarding I didn't didn't completely drop the shortboard right yeah sure and what was that what was that like jumping on a log going from riding like you know a shortboard into riding a board that's twice as long and you know and single fin I'm assuming and you know riding it what, what was that like yeah it was it didn't look great like it didn't look yeah it didn't look like it probably should have um it was a really junky and clunky and um when i was a shortboarder my my coach back then and a lot of my yeah mentors would always be like anthony you need to slow down i was always quite like trying to do everything on a wave um and i think that's one of the biggest things that longboarding has taught me is to just slow down um, yeah, getting on the longboard, I was, I was always shuffling and not cross-stepping, um, 
but that that just needed time. It takes time and practice to kind of get those sorts of things down, um, and all of those sorts of things help you flow and they help each other. Um, but yeah, it was I could turn the longboard really well, but I just wasn't very good at nose riding. Um, and turning probably still is my forte because I come from that performance background. But that's also been really beneficial for me um, throughout my longboarding yeah. career, I guess. <laughs> Right, right. But how similar is turning a longboard versus turning like a 20 in terms of like riding a log and, and turning a log? Yeah, so I guess I'll go so, back. So what is that? Yeah, what's Because I was, I was, I got into longboarding and for years I was, I went on to the, I went on to the longboard tour for a few years. I was competing in those events um, and I was riding a lot of high performance mm -hmm. longboards. So they were a bit, it was a bit of an easy mm -hmm. transition for me because um, I was riding thrusters on the longboards pretty much. So it wasn't going straight to a single fin. Um, so it was, it was similar in a way that you could, you know, you could get the same drive and all that sort of thing. But I really struggled going back and forth. So when I was riding a longboard, I'd jump back on my shortboard and I'd feel like I'm surfing a toothpick and I felt like I could probably like, you know, do any trick in the world, which I couldn't, but it was super loose. And then when I'd get back onto the longboard, yeah. it would be really stiff and I'd be really junky because I'd be trying to turn it like a shortboard and include yeah. cross-stepping too, but it wouldn't work. So that's when I kind of, I transitioned, I started riding 20s. I just wanted to try it. I was pretty scared to try it and then I wanted to try it, gave it a go and then that was a, a lot more of a similar flow to longboarding, the 20s. So it wasn't... Huh. It wasn't as hard to transition anymore, um, and that also moved me towards single fin longboarding too. So they were really similar flow. You're using your rail a lot more, um, so I could really mm. relate back and forth. And each time I surf either one, it, I think it helps me improve on both now. But it definitely took me a really long time to go back and forth between them. Yeah, yeah that sounds. Like, I mean, I've surfed a 20 and, you know, going from mostly riding thrusters and quads, um, the way I would describe them is like, they're super fast and it feels great. But then there's just these moments where you're just like, you're just like eat it on a bottom turn, just out of nowhere. You're like, what, what, what just happened there? But then sometimes it's like the moments of like, just the best feeling ever. Like when you do a turn, it just like has this flow and the speed, um, I know that the key to those guys is just properly putting them on rail, but they are super loose. And that's why I imagine like riding a log would feel, especially like a single fin log would feel the opposite of that, like just super drivey. But you're saying that they're actually pretty similar. So maybe I just need to ride a log more and figure that out. <laughs> similar oh, similar flow, similar momentum, but a lot different. <laughs> yeah. They are, they, yeah, they're definitely yeah, different. Yeah, they're but definitely it, different. Okay, so so how about this? Like, what are your key tips for turning a log? And then what are your key tips for turning a 20? Yeah, so turning a log, I think you have to have a lot of weight on your back foot and on the tail. Um, you need to be pretty much straight over the fin, at least on top of the fin. Um, and using using your using your hips using your arms and using your shoulders 
um, helps a lot. You can't just kind of push and turn and it will go. You really need to give it time and be patient with it turning too. Um, and I think the technique is like really important. You need to get that weight distribution right and then it will kind of all work. But as soon as you try and force a long board, it just won't do what you want to do. Um, and then a 20, I find a similar thing. You really need to take it, you need to take it slower. You need to take a step back rather than being on a thruster short board. Um, but you can also push it if you're using the rail well. Um, so I, I think also lots of back foot um, and then also keeping that in between um, of the weight because you don't, obviously you don't want to put too much weight forwards um, if you're doing a top turn because your fins will slide a bit easier. Um, but also that's the fun thing about a 20, you can use those sorts of, you know, that, that release to kind of make it a bit more fun and also try new things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, so it sounds similar. I mean, in both situations, you're saying, you know, it's all about getting your weight on that back foot as you're going through it and then putting on rail and just, you know, what's interesting is when I think about a lot of, um, surfers that ride both logs and shorter boards i think about like devin howard and bryce young and i'm i think i see it a little bit with yours as well they do when they turn a shorter board there's this thing they do with their hips where they get really like off axis right and i'm sure that that must come from like the mechanics of surfing uh a lot like a log as well and trying to turn that i don't know if you you know they get <clears throat> they really focus on getting on rail and their, their hips are just like, they're really shooting their hips out. And so they're kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, anyway, it, it's hard to explain. I'd have to show you the exact clip, but, uh, that, that is something I've noticed. Um, that's, that's something I've noticed with people that ride both longer boards and shorter boards. Um, yeah. and then, and then when you're riding a mid length or are you riding a mid length in those, those waves or what, what are you riding? There was that one section where it was like, you know, barreling overhead, maybe like overhead and a half, something like that. You, it looks like a much longer board than your 20. So, so I mean, yeah, that's, I guess it's a mid length compared to my 20. My 20 is around five, six, five, 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 six. And then that's, yeah. that, that one, that's the, that's one of the MV ones um, that I ride from Thomas and it's a six, three. So it's a bit bigger. But it's okay. also got really hard edge the whole way, um, and it's got it's kind of got just lots of foam. It's got a bit of a beak nose. It's got a bit of foam in the nose, so it really helps you get in on those bigger days. But it really holds well when it's barreling. I used it all throughout Indo. It was my go-to board, and it just it was super reliable. It's kind of all the benefits of a mid-length, but then it it holds really well. So it's kind of it's kind of the dream board if you want want lots of waves and you're you maybe want to, you're slacking off a bit with the paddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's epic. So you, it, it's like you yeah. got a quiver that just covers like literally all the bases. Like you got something for when it's pumping, you got something for when it's rippable, you got your twin, and then you also got the log, which you can ride when it's like literally like half a foot or whatever. Like it's tiny, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of how. Must open it up and make it so fun. Hey everyone, it's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So, thanks.
Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like, I guess, what my thing is, like really just riding what board is matching whatever conditions are in front of you. So like not trying to ride a long board in like six foot waves, um, which I used to do. <laughs> I used to try and ride a long board and everything. <laughs> but then, you know, adapting, I'll, yeah. I'll, always have a, I'll always have a log on the roof, a 20 in the back and like a mid-length just in case. Um, especially down here, we've got like a 20, 30-minute drive between surf spots sometimes. So you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, really just being ready for any conditions. And also, um, yeah, super grateful to be able to just surf a different board on a different day and just match those conditions as well. Yeah, got it. You know, actually just circling back a little bit, you know, talking about the technique of, uh, and the weight distribution of turning, you know, obviously you do have to get on the back foot. Uh, and this would be even harder with a, a log, but like, sometimes I feel like when I'm doing my carves, if I get too heavy on the back foot, I will, it'll actually kind of like stall my board cause it lifts the nose of the board out so much. Um, do you ever, do you think about the difference between like how much you put on your front foot versus your back foot? Or yeah, I think with longboarding, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different movements, whether that's um you know heel to toe or back foot to front foot weight distribution um, but i think throughout the turn you know you want to start pushing really heavily on your back foot and then that slowly starts to transition towards your front when you bring it around so that nose isn't yes yeah, stalling the whole way um, and also engaging your opposite rail and then re-engaging the other rail too to keep that flow um, but yeah right. I, I definitely think that that control is really important um, and that's what makes it so tricky because there is a lot involved in longboarding. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, you, it needs to, it looks simple. And when it looks simple, it looks the best, but to make it look simple is really tricky. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. And especially if you are in, but I feel like your foundation starting with high performance longboards must've been really helpful as well. Cause you, you're kind of used to it's like the transition from being a thruster guy to riding a, a you know like a traditional longboard in terms of the the mechanics uh, i gave you like little training wheels so then you could get used to riding a single fin or am i thinking about that right or did it kind of is it so different from doing a single fin log that it kind of just throws your head you know for a loop or something yeah for sure i got i got used to riding a performance longboard which helped me get used to riding a longboard and integrating nose riding and all the cross stepping and I could still turn it. And then I slowly yeah. transitioned into the more traditional longboard, which all of those things from the high performance really helped. Um, but there was definitely a period there, which I struggled a lot transitioning because of the different wave mm. and the different flow. Yeah. Um, but it still helps me to today. Like when I'm trying to turn a longboard, I've just got that extra, extra push. And I think also, I'm always wanting to turn still. It keeps it exciting for me. So I'm always trying to push my log to the limits as well, um, which is really fun. Yeah, that's so that's so fascinating. Man, when I see guys on high-performance longboards, it always trips me out because they'll be like legit pumping and tic-tacking like a nine-foot board. And I'm like, that's insane, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I, I guess the mechanics are the same when you're riding a shortboard, but I'm like... How do you move that much foam around? I guess you just got to re really push hard with the, the, the feet and all that, right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me, though. It's kind of yeah. sick, though. Yeah, um, it's pretty crazy what people can do so on think some high-performance longboards, for sure. 
Yeah, I, I swear I saw a guy doing an air on a longboard. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I think were you were you able to? Did you ever try that? I used yeah. to try them. I used did to try them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, yeah. I never tried it. I don't think enough to pull one off. Um, I was kind of trying it. I knew I probably, probably shouldn't have been trying it. I don't know if it was too frowned upon. <laughs> so in the back of my mind, I didn't really like keep pushing towards it. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, you know, that it's really tricky what those crew can do on the high performance longboards, and I definitely respect what they can do as well. As much as it might not be appreciated. Um, you know, in today's society, right. the way right. the way longboarding is going, it is real. They're really talented as well. So yeah, yeah, totally. And then, how do you think about style then? Because you know, the, there's one thing which is just the pure mechanics and technique, right? But then, you know, you go from riding a log, traditional longboarding, which is much more minimalist in terms of your style. Um, you know. How has that influenced you know the your your style and how you think about it when you're riding a twenty or you know one of your six threes or whatever? Yeah, I really didn't used to be stylish at all. Um, I used to be quite junky even with longboarding. Um, it, I just couldn't seem to make it look as good as anyone else, um, which I struggled with it for a long time. But through, I think what really helped was going to a real traditional longboard and that really just forced me to slow down and focus on the smaller things rather than trying to do too much. Um, And in doing that, that passed over to my 20 and then I was kind of like, hang on, you know, it feels so nice when you do less on a longboard. Let's try that on a a shorter 20 or a short board. Um, And I think they they both integrated really well. Um, And then, yeah, the style kind of came from that, just really slowing down, just surfing as much as possible. Um, And then also being fortunate enough to have a mate that was filming me a lot, which I think having that self-awareness of what I looked like when I was doing something, um, more in the functionality side of things, but I think that really helped a lot with the style, um, for sure. For sure, wow. That's incredible. I mean, when I look at your style in, in your film, it's just like smooth and buttery. I'm just like, wow, that is such good style. And uh, that's there's hope for us. Right. If uh, you know, because people are like, oh, you know, styles innate. You can't you can't get better at style. You either have it or you don't. Well, I mean, you you definitely have good style. And um, it sounds like you worked on it. Right. It wasn't just like this natural thing that happened. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate so. that. Um, but definitely had to definitely worked on it. And I think. Being influenced from people, I think watching other surfers is really important um, and, you know, really trying to have that awareness when you're in water to be working on things and just slowing down um, and just surfing for surfing. I think that helps a lot of the style side of things. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Actually, what, one more question I had on, on the whole 20 thing, like what's it, how would you describe your difference in approach to surfing a wave riding a 20 versus riding your your traditional shortboard i think you really have to draw a different line you can't just go top to bottom um you really need to set your rail before you can start engaging a turn and you need to be flowing out of that turn to kind of go into the next one Um, i think with the 20 also you can gain too much speed a lot of the time as well and it can be tricky to wipe it off. Whereas a thruster, I think you've got to, I think 
you've just got a lot more drive, but you don't get so much down the line speed. Um, so with the 20 kind of really regulating the speed is important. Um, but when you, when you need the speed, you can get the speed as well. Where on a thruster, I just feel like I never could. Maybe that was because I was riding less foam um, or because the, uh, the, the back fin, <laughs> I don't know, drags too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too sure, but right. um, I definitely, yeah, you definitely have a lot more speed on a 20 um, and just, just, you just get a lot more flow. Once you've, once you really dial in a 20, you have, you just feel a lot more flow for sure. For sure. I mean, it, it looks like it from watching your clips and it's this question that I have for myself because like I said, I, I had this 20, but, and when it was good, it was amazing. You know, it was a, uh, it was a Neil Purchase Jr. Apex twin. And when it was good, it was amazing. It felt like amazing. Yeah. But then there would just be all these moments where I would just blow it on like the simplest things where I'm just like, oh, this is tripping me out. Right. So then I ended up putting like a center fin into it um just to stabilize it because i was going to hawaii so i was like i there's no there's no way i'm gonna be able to just ride a 20 in, in like pumping waves so i just put like a little trailer in it and that stabilized it but then i feel like now i'm not riding like a proper 20 you know so what do you think is um you know because it's tricky right because you got more speed which is the most important ingredient when you're surfing but then you just have to be that much more precise with your technique so would you describe a 20, is it better to learn on a thruster and a quad and develop your technique? Or is it, do you think it's better to jump onto the, to the 20 where you're just going to get that immediate speed, but then you got to learn how to use your rails and, and all that properly? What, what's your view on that? That's a tricky one. I think thrusters can teach you a lot um, and they can be a lot more forgiving at times for sure. But I think, and I think with a thruster, you have the opportunity to do what you want on a wave a lot of the time you can really push turns and push through sections or do a float or whenever. But on a, on a 20, you really need to let the wave do the talking and do what the wave allows you to do and not force anything or it just won't work. Um, you really need to just stay in the momentum of the wave, you know, and if, if a section's coming, you either, you know, go over it or under it or you don't force anything. And I think that's the most important thing for me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, after that one experience, I was like, okay, I, I, I love this board, but I'm going to keep the center thing in the center fin in it just so it's a little more predictable, but maybe, yeah. maybe I, I'm, so I'm about to do a little trip down, uh, in February and I have my buddy's twin that he shaped and I'm thinking about bringing it and I'm like, but there's a big part of me that wants to experiment and just like, you know, just, just give it another go. This thing is going to be kind of yeah. trippy. It's like an ASIM as well. It sick. looks sick, but I'm also like, am I just going to be like eating shit the whole time? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah. we'll see what I decide to do there. Yeah. Yeah. I have to admit that I've tried, I've tried to ride a thruster um, multiple times over mm -hmm. the past couple of years since I've only been riding 20s and I really struggled to go back to yeah. a thruster. It was actually really different. Um, I think just not used to the amount of drive that it gives you is really trippy. Um, so I've just kind of, I'd try a mate's board and I'd be like, all right, get me back to my 20, I want to get back on it. It's too much fun. Um, but yeah. That's, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. That back and forth between like alternative craft and, and traditional, like high performance craft. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I have a buddy, he, you know, he's a really good surfer. He normally rides like this 
five, I don't know, five, two, whatever. And it's like twin plus trailer. It's like wide outline, but pulled in tail. It's like, you know, pretty ulti board, alternative board. But now he's like, I kind of want to get a more traditional high performance craft. And I'm just like, that's going to be interesting to see what happens Mm. in that, in that transition. Yeah, definitely. Um, But one of the things that I also noticed from just poking around you know, because when you think like longboarders, you're just like, and people that ride twinnies, you're just like, all right, this dude's super chill, hippy dippy, you know. Um, and then I was going back on in your Instagram and I saw you like just pumping off these like single like pistol squats. So you're also like this hardcore trainer dude as well. So I, I thought that was an interesting dichotomy. So like, tell us about some of this training you do. I mean, is that what is that what you need to do to turn a log? You need to be able to do like 20 single leg squats in a row or what's the deal? Yeah, I think back in the day when I was competing a lot more and doing the tour competitions, especially high performance, I put a lot of my focus, I'd say about 80% of my focus into training and not so much into my surfing, more just because of where I was living at the time, I didn't have the opportunity to surf as much. So I would just train all the time. And that led to me, you know, really finding the love for like fitness and staying fit and which has helped me and I still integrate into my life every single day now, um, but also recovery as well. I would do a lot of mobility work um, and a company I was sponsored by Black, back then, Blackroll, they, they do a lot of that mobility gear, which really helped me and I, I still use it to this day. And I live by, you know, I, I don't know what it is with my body, maybe it's just my genes, but I really need to stay on top of that stuff or I, or I just start fading away. Um, whether I'm traveling for a long time, I, I'll need to do a, a bit of a workout or something just to bring my muscles back where I start to get, I just start to fade away a little and, um, yeah, really staying on top of that. I, I'm really about preventing injury rather than getting an injury and then dealing with it. Um, cause I've had a few and I've just hated it. So I'm, I'm always staying on top of that and. I'm always doing my little warm-up before a surf, which sometimes is pretty cringy for some people to watch, but it's only short and it's not too painful. So. <laughs> you yeah. haven't gotten fe- you haven't gotten featured on Kook of the Day yet with your not just uh, workout? Yet. Not just yet. I've had a few people, you know, maybe take a couple of <laughs> videos, but um, I think it's it's something that actually is really important. And, you know, if you if you do a warm-up yeah. in the first wave, you get to bomb, you're ready to go. You don't even you don't need a couple of waves to warm up. So who knows? That's that's sometimes the best wave of the session. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I, I, I totally think warming up and getting your body properly primed makes a lot of sense. So let's let's dig into this because I think this is really this is fascinating because it sounds like this is something you really struggled with and that's when generally people find the best solution. So like what um what kind of training has really made the biggest impact on your surfing like what is it those single leg squats or what what's been really key for you um i think it's really just keeping your body like activated is the most important um i just when i go to the gym which is not too often um it's a couple times a week or once every now and then you know i just do like a whole body workout just random stuff a lot of cardio i find is really important um, as soon as I can get on a salt bike, I get on that. I find that's the, that's the one thing I've found that kind of transitions into surfing when you get really, really gassed out from a few wipeouts or hold downs. Um, I think the assault bike is this gives you the same sensation. It just absolutely cooks you. Um, huh. but what yeah, just the, keep uh, what's it. What's an assault bike? 
It's the one where you like move your move your arms and also like riding a bike at the same time. It's pretty intense. But um, you have to search oh, it up. It. I'm not too, I don't want to do the live demonstration, but um, <laughs> no, I think I think just keeping your body active. But then also the other side of it is just like keeping your mobile and looking after your body. So I just do you know lots of stretching and um, I use foam rollers a lot and all those trigger balls sorts of things because I had a history of pretty bad back problems where I, you know I wouldn't be able to walk because my back so so inflamed. Oh, um, so I so I just have to stay onto it, but also grateful for it because it keeps me healthy. You know, keeps me aware of my body, um, and I learned a lot about my body and um, what benefits what when I was in my little deep training phase. You know, my little fit phase. But um, and that that's still I'm still grateful for that today because I, I integrate that into every day, um, and it's it's I think it's really important, and just for just for longevity yeah. as well, keeping keeping your body, you know, moving um, so you can just keep surfing longer and longer. Yeah, man, lower back stuff, that is the worst. Like what, what was going on with your back and, and how did you fix it? Yeah, so I think it, it really got triggered when I was longboarding a lot and I hadn't shortboarded for a while and I'd jump onto a shortboard. Um, just that extra arch in my back would really pinch my lower back um, and also – just having weak glutes, I think that was the biggest problem. Um, that put a lot of strain into my hips and then also into my back. Um, so I ha- had to put a lot of work into that through Pilates and also just self, self-training self and also um, like re- muscle release and things like that. Right. Maybe that's where the, uh, yeah. the single leg pistol squat comes in, right, to activate those glutes. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've I've had some lower back issues. I think, um, what I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I'm sure there there was like imbalances before from like, I don't know, I, but I remember also what kind of brought it to a head was I was surfing in Puerto Rico and I got slammed on the reef and it just like hit me right in the small of my back and then when I came up from it I could barely walk and it felt like one side of my back had seized up and then like. <laughs> After that, it I always felt like off, and I didn't realize why, and it like aching in my lower back. Um, mm. So I was trying all sorts of stuff for it, um, and um, so obviously I started working on my posterior chain a bunch. And then I saw this one PT, and she was like, "Dude, you're, you know, your hips are uneven." And I was like, "What?" And apparently, like one hip was like higher than the other, and I think one side had tightened because of that, you know, that that slam. <laughs> And then that was throwing my entire posterior chain off and then imbalances with my back off. So I had to fix that. And then once I fixed that, like my lower back pain pretty much went away and it was just trippy. I was like, wow, it's because I have uneven hips. Um, But yeah, I have single leg squats. That's something I do as well. I feel like it's so key, you know? Uh, Yeah, I'm not too sure if I can still do the single leg squats. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dude, you were getting low. Like your ass was like on the floor, and you were coming back yeah. up. I was like, "This I guy's a pro." Shoot, I haven't tried them for a, a few years now, so I'm not too sure. <laughs> I, I stay clear of those gnarly sorts of exercises. <laughs> but I think the back, the lower back sorts of things in surfing is super common, and I think there probably should be a lot more education yeah. behind it because I, I'm always hearing about people complaining. I mean, that in your shoulders, of course, but. Um, it always it's always seems like a simple solution, but for each person, it seems like a 
a little bit of a different um, way of solving the problem. So it's, it's always tricky as well. Well, turning that log is all the single leg squat you need, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I'm sure that, that, <laughs> that, that you're, you're just doing it over and over again. That that's your single leg squat there. I mean, <laughs> here's a question. Like when you're, when you're turning a log, like how hard are you pushing? I think it's not so much of like a burst of pressure. It's more of like a right. You're sustaining the pressure throughout the turn, um, and also you you know you're trying not to overdo it because I think that's what longboarding's about is really keeping it simple. But sometimes you do wanna you wanna push it a bit harder. But even then, I think it really comes down to your weight distribution um, and your timing rather than how hard you're pushing. Um, so like if you're on a fatter wave yeah. and you push too hard, it's not gonna work. But if you're in a more bowly wave, as soon as that rail engages, it's just going to kind of do the work for you. So I think the technique is really important. Cool. And, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about is what is it like riding for Thomas? I, I know you ride a lot of his boards. I think you ride everything from his logs to his fishes. Um, it must be so cool to work with such a talented shaper. Like, tell me about, you know, what it's been like riding his boards. Yeah, I first started off riding his boards. I just went into their store in um, Noosa Heads and I just bought some secondhand boards off their rack and just really connected with them. I just, it took a while to get used to those sorts of boards, but I try. I think I took about three. I was frothing so hard and I took them back over to WA and they really clicked. Um, I wasn't sure if they were going to work in the bigger stuff as well, but they held up really well. Um, the quality of them's insane and each board that I ride just seems to have a similar flow to them and that's that's been so beneficial and ever since I've been fortunate enough to work more closely with Thomas I've been able to kind of broaden that variety of boards too um, and yeah each board seems to just have its own little thing that goes really well um, and they all work together and yeah, I've, it's been an actual honor working with him. And it was it was one of my dreams. I think I said I was going to quit surfing if I ever got sponsored by Thomas, but that didn't happen. I didn't think it was the best idea when it happened. So um, I, I, I stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. And, you know, yeah. it was interesting because I, I interviewed Ryan Loveless and he said something to the effect of, like, the ultimate dream is if somebody steps on my surfboard and then they say they get this specific sensation. And for him, the sensation that he wants his riders to all feel is like this ball bearing, like looseness combined with speed. Um, is there a feeling that you get? I mean, I think you mentioned it, but like, what, what is the feeling you get from riding Thomas's boards? What makes them magic for you? I think I feel just really comfortable on them um, and kind of myself when I'm surfing them. I really feel like I can surf the way I want to surf on those boards um, in in most waves, um, which I think is, has been one of the biggest things that's helped me improve my surfing is just being confident on my craft um, and also allowing me to surf a lot of different craft and being comfortable on all those different craft, whether it's, you know, swapping two boards in one session um, or something like that. And that's I think that's what has been the biggest biggest thing for me for sure. Mm. And so what, what is it about the, the boards that makes you comfortable, I guess, right? Is there, is it, 
they're like a similarity in the feel so that when you switch from a longboard to a twin, it, it's not too difficult of a transition or, or expand on that for me if you could. Yeah, I, I think that they're just, I think I'm comfortable with how they're made and I really feel like I can push them and myself to the limit without having to worry about something breaking or overdoing it or something like that. And if I push too hard, the board won't let me and then I know, okay, hold back, try something new or try a different way of doing it. I think the boards really, really direct you in a good way, but they also let you do what you want in a way and have your freedom. So yeah, it's a tricky one, but they they really just all work. <laughs> I always I always don't want to be too much of like a salesy person, but I, I tell a lot of my mates and I'm just like, you just have to try them because they've just got this little magic behind them and they just let you be who you want want in the water, I think, yeah. Oh, man. Sounds like I got to try a Thomas. That sounds epic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Game, life-changing. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I think... Uh... I think this is pretty much all I set out to cover. Any uh, anything else you want to say to the you know put out there into the world? You got anything exciting going on? What's next? Are you are you making uh, any new films? Competing any at all? What's what's going on with you? Yeah, so that that lemonade film actually came up really last minute. A friend was doing a um, premiere of their film and magazine down here, so I I actually smashed that together in one day and. Um, tried not to use these clips that we've been trying to make a little movie on as well over the last year. So it was really, it was really interesting. I used some of the clips have already been like released and stuff. Um, but it, it was a really good momentum to push us into the next thing. So around, around April, March next year or this year, sorry, um, we'll be releasing another little film, um, a lot, a bit longer. So hopefully like 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and that'll cover heaps more of like our Indo travels that we did last year. Um, throughout Sambawa and then also a lot more back home as well and also a lot more about back home rather than just revolving around surfing which is really exciting so we're still trying to get some stuff for that together um, it's it's always a it's always a big thing to think about but it's it's it, it'll be cool and it, it's really fun to make something a bit longer and a bit more meaning you know than just quick little Instagram reels sometimes so um, really looking forward to getting right. that out into the world. Yeah, yeah, that's epic. And I mean, I have to say, the the quality of the filming is 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 top notch. Obviously, the surfing is is incredible as well. But yeah, just the way everything was put together, it looks really it looks really good. You know, so definitely psyched for you guys. I can't wait to to have that come out. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining, man. No, no worries at all. Thanks so much for having me. Hey everyone, it's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So thanks.